Hello and welcome to the Valor Christian Academy Bible Study. This unit will be working through VCA's tagline, Standing Firm in Truth, Stepping Forward in Faith. Each week, we will work through the biblical implications of each word before moving back to see how the statement envisions a cohesive whole that helps to give a motivation to the heart behind the school. This week, we will be looking at faith. Let's dive in. Lately, I've been reading through the book of Exodus, and I've been shocked at how often God either makes a promise or fulfills a promise he made in the past. Not only is God constantly mindful of his promises, but the promises he makes cover a broad range of topics and forms. He promises multiplication of people, land, deliverance, presence, and more. And each time, he is faithful to those promises. As with all things in our walk with God, we should begin by looking at what God does for us to frame how that helps us understand how we should respond. Right from the beginning of Exodus, we are told, These are the names of the sons of Israel who went to Egypt with Jacob, each with his family, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Ishakar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The descendants of Jacob numbered 70 in all. Joseph was already in, e in Egypt. Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died. But the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in number, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come. We must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. Throughout the book of Genesis, Abraham is told by God that his descendants will outnumber the sands of the shore or the stars on the sky. By the end of Abraham's life, he has two descendants. And by the end of the book of Genesis, he has 70. Hardly a more than the stars in the sky number. But... 400 years later, at the start of Exodus, we begin to see God's faithfulness to this promise begin to come together. The Israelites have grown so much that they terrify Pharaoh and eventually are enslaved because of it. But clearly, God has been faithful to his promise to multiply the generations of Abraham, and he isn't even done yet. What I love about this especially is that there isn't a moment when the narrator says the Israelites grew just like God said they would. Part of God being faithful is not having to point out when he is being faithful. God is implicitly trustworthy, and all of his actions move toward him fulfilling his promises. There doesn't ever need to be a moment of drawing attention to it, because that's just always what God is doing. God doesn't stop there either. Exodus 3 and 4 are full of promises from God. In 3, 7 through 10, God says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. 
I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Here, God has promised deliverance and land. Verse 20 says, So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonder that I will perform among them. After that, Pharaoh will let you go. Here, God promises mighty acts from the Lord. In verse 21, he says, And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards this people, so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor, and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. And here we see God promising prosperity and favor. Moving down to verse 12, chapter 4, God says, Now go, I will be with you and teach you what to say, promising to Moses presence and words. If we were to continue to move through even just the first few chapters of Exodus, let alone the whole Bible, we would see time and time again how God makes promises and then fulfills them. We know how the story of Exodus plays out, and we know that God does in fact deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians, and on their way, the people of Egypt give gifts to the Israelites. We know the Israelites continue to grow during their time in the wilderness and flourish even more when they finally arrive in the Promised Land. We know that in the Promised Land, God continues to be with them and give their enemies into their hands. We know that when the Israelites need someone to speak for them, God raises up judges and prophets to speak to the people on his behalf. We know that when the Israelites are driven out of the Promised Land because of their sin, God begins to take steps to restore them. The whole narrative of the Bible is one of God fulfilling his promises, one of God being faithful. Arriving in the New Testament, we see the fulfillment of God's greatest promises, tracing all the way back to Genesis. He will crush the head of the serpents, and we will once again dwell with him. God, because he is a faithful promise keeper, does what he sets out to do, and the things that he does are for the good of creation. That is what the faithfulness that God has modeled for us should look like. He is always making and fulfilling promises. What should the response from believers be in light of what God does? First of all, Christians need merely to have faith. There are promises throughout Scripture that we see God make and fulfill. He proves himself to be abundantly faithful through all situations. Our job is to merely trust that God will continue to do what he's always done. Secondly, we need to be people who reflect that faithfulness. We're coming off a particularly exhausting political cycle, and most people are keenly aware that all politicians lie. They say what they need to say during the campaign, and then most of their promises go out the door the moment they're elected. God anticipates a day where dishonesty, faithlessness, and deceit are no more. We, as Christians, are called to model Christ in every way we can. If God promises aid, presence, and favor, then we should strive to do the same and work towards a world where people can trust what we will say, and in turn, trust what God has said he has done and will continue to do for them.